Five Star Zone podcast with Rico Baird and the Big Ten Network's Howard Griffith. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network joining me like he always does every week. And Howard, all right, let's just get the 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 legal legalese out the way first. The latest with the University of Michigan. There's going to actually be, I guess, a, a hearing to get the suspension overturned in court because they couldn't get the injunction in time for the game. It was almost it was like watching a, a bad episode of Law and Order as you were just watching. The only thing missing was the dun dun because you were waiting for each little thing. Every hour went by. So they submitted like a 250-page document. And I'm thinking to myself, if I wanted to get something overturned right away, I'm probably not going to hand the judge a 250-page paper saying, hey, can you hurry up and read this and let me play? That being said, the judge said it's going to happen on Friday at 9 a.m. Yeah. They're going to have a meeting to see if Jim Harbaugh can play. and I mean, can coach be on the sideline with his team? Before I, I get your opinion, Howard, I guess for me, it almost to the point where why? You're 4-0 without him. You went to Happy Valley and you won. You're obviously your assistants are very capable of keeping this thing going. Like I, I I'm not really understanding the what what's the big deal? Like if you're Michigan, you're winning without him, man. Explain this to me. Yeah, I just think, I mean, listen, uh, he's the head coach. And, you know, the, the university and, and all their supporters want want him on the sidelines and, and feel, yeah, they've been able to take care of business when he hasn't been there. But, um, you know, they want him on the sidelines. And it looks like you know they're going to do everything possible to to make sure that they at least exhaust uh, all their options to, to get him back on the field. And. We're going to find out bright and early in the morning, I guess, sometime around. You know, it shouldn't take that long for, for the hearing. Uh, and I know that uh, Coach Harbaugh talked earlier in the week how he's excited for the opportunity to uh, plead his case. And I don't exactly know if he gets that opportunity to do so, but it'll be definitely something that everyone will be watching around the country to see uh, just what takes place. Right. So, yeah, they're going to do everything that they can to get it back. And, and I guess if you're Michigan, you you want him on the sideline. I, I don't know how this thing goes because it, it just seems to me once you involve the courts and lawyers, man, it's, it's like inviting the IRS to look at your books. This is certain things. In the end, is is, it go, is the juice going to be worth the squeeze? So that that's I guess that's where I'm at with this. Where if, if I'm them, you got a great team. You can go on the road. You can win without them. Maybe you just literally and figuratively just sit this one out. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I, I can see the point, and I, I see, can see I see both sides. You know, obviously, you know, like I said, for they they want their coach on the on the sideline. They feel like he. You know, has been wronged, and Michigan has been wronged, and, and you know that that's their stance and their their options that are out there for them to to try to uh, get some things overturned. And they've obviously have dug in and decided that they're going to fight. So, you know, it's just a wait and see thing. I, I know everyone has an opinion about just how much is known, if something was known, but but the reality is right now they're in the midst of this season, and crazy enough, this is probably brought this team together even more 
and not a team you necessarily want to see uh, on Saturdays right now. Now, they still have their big game coming up. They got to get past this one in Maryland, which, you know, they should be able to take care of business in that one. And then everything looks ahead to, to what happens uh, at Ohio State. And it, that, again, I think they, they're hoping that they have their, their head coach on the sideline, not only for the Ohio State game, but obviously this one this week. But we'll have to wait and see till tomorrow morning to, to see what kind of verdict is handed down. It's funny you say that because with everything going on, you're right. This has galvanized this team. You got Ohio State a date with them, you know, in, in like nine days. You played, Howard. Yeah. Who has to be the person that says, guys, Maryland doesn't give a damn about any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Maryland just wants to beat us because the, Maryland's forgotten. Like, nobody's talking about them. And, like, how, like is it is the captains? Is it the coaching staff? Like, who's the person in the locker room that says, hey, let's not, about, let's not forget about the Terrapins? You know what? I, this is one of those teams, man, and this is – this is just when you think about the team, for me, covering this team and covering some of their leaders who really emerged a couple of years ago, um, this is a team that's always, they've just been focused. This is, this is the team, these, the, the leaders of this team now are the guys that really kind of turned turn the whole thing around uh, as far as what they were doing on the field and the way they go about their business in the locker room. So I don't know that they're going to need a lot of, uh, motivation or, or a lot of talk about, hey, we still need to take care of business uh, this weekend. I think they'll be they'll be fired up again. There's going to be a lot that's going to be circulating and going to be out. They'll uh, presumably will have uh, the information they need as far as the injunction, whether or not it went through or not. Um, so I, I think this team is just continuing to battle because now people are not only saying, okay, there weren't allegedly coaches involved, but players had to know and players are taking advantage, have an unfair advantage. And the, the players are like, hey, man, we're just better than you guys and we're going to go out and prove it each and every week. So I think that's what really is going to keep this team together, uh, just the shots that they continue to take as a team and, and as a program. Now let's get to the game because Sharon Moore takes over. Yeah. And – it, things weren't going so well. I mean, Penn State was in for a battle, and, and they were bringing the pressure off the edge. Yeah. Coach Moore, I'll give him that. The, the in-game adjustment, maybe we just go jumbo package. And, and for a, a former running back, fullback like yourself, mm-hmm. man, that, that's got to be music to your ears. Guys, how about we just run the ball? And we keep running the ball until they stop it. It almost went video game-esque. You threw the ball exactly, put it this way. I completed more passes than Michigan did. Well, the same amount of passes as Michigan did in that game. They didn't complete any because they didn't throw the ball because they ran the ball 35 straight times in the second half. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was was just, to me, brilliant. Is that something that Coach Moore just sees and gets a feel for in the game, or is it after you start running – it's like I play video games. A lot of people watching this play video games, but sometimes you got to think it can't be that easy. But is it really that easy? Sometimes of saying, "Hey, they can't stop our run game. How about we just keep running?" Yeah, I think what you saw is that it got to that point where it was like, "Well, if they can't stop it, we'll just keep doing it, and we shorten this game." Uh, and defense is playing well enough, but you, you're right. I think 
uh, Penn State showed you why so many people really think this is a, a, a top-rate defense because they, they made things really difficult on them early. Uh, mm-hmm. Saw J.J. under pressure. You saw some, uh, you know, some runs that, that weren't product- productive, were negative runs. Uh, and then you saw some guys coming off the edge, particularly on the right side, being able to make plays there. And, you know, they had to find a way to get their guys some help. And they did, and they were able to really, they were able to make some runs, but you just think about when you just decide, okay, we're going to run it, and we're going to be tougher and more physical than you are. Uh, and then defensively, they, they take the ball away, come up with some big plays there, and give the ball right back to your offense that is just pounding it away. I mean, they did exactly what they needed to do uh, in that situation to to come away with a win. And it's interesting now, right? So you look around, you, if you, you – you listen to, to some of the pundits around around the country, uh, they looked at it and probably didn't watch the game, but just looked at the final score and saw that they didn't complete a pass uh, in the second half. And it's like, wow, well, this this Michigan offense is this something's wrong with it. Why? How do you not throw? A, nah. How do you not throw a pass? Well, I mean, it, it's about game plan and game management. And uh, listen, Coach Moore has, has got his hands full, and I know he took a lot of grief uh, this week. You know about the emotions that he showed uh, in the interview, uh, and I think it's one of those things for me, at least the way I look at it was, you know, he's under a lot of a lot of pressure, a lot of scrutiny on the road, uh, and his team comes through. And not only does his team, but his offensive line, that run game, he called the game the way it needed to be uh, down the stretch, and they came away with a victory. So there's some people who's like, hey, well, that you can't win a championship that way. Well, you can't win a championship. You know, last week that wasn't a time to win. Right, right. They're still putting themselves in position uh, to win a championship or at least be there in the discussion. And they've got another one this week. And if uh, Coach Moore is um, at the helm again, which he will be, and calling plays, you know, I would suspect that they're going to try to do something similar. Will they throw it more? I'm sure they will mix things up, but they just did what they needed to do on the road in a hostile environment. Well, I'm always down when a coach does whatever it takes to win that game. Because as you're right, we're not playing a championship game. But right here, right now, to me, that's the smarter coach. Mm-hmm. I know we game plan for this. But what if we just run that? Because how I saw it was they almost, once they got a double-digit lead, a two-score lead, mm-hmm. they bled the clock. Let's just run out the second half. They're not moving the ball. They're not scoring. So even if we don't score, we're going to bleed six minutes, seven minutes off the clock, leaving them very little time. They're going to start to get more and more desperate, and they're going to start to do some crazy things. I've seen it before. Uh, Yeah, I I saw it. Ironically enough, it was two times against Michigan. Mm -hmm. It was um, Wisconsin, I think, ran the ball 27 times against Michigan in the big house. And it was just like – and it was the same play. Just, just over and over again. Also in 2017, the rain game in the big house, it was MSU played them, and it, it the rain was coming in sideways, and they basically, D'Antonio was like, yeah, we're just going to run the ball. We Michigan like, had six interceptions. Like, yeah, we're not even going to try. Yeah. For this, that's great coaching on, on Coach Moore's uh, part. Now, I will say this. Like, if, if he was one of my boys – yeah, he probably would have been hit with a whole bunch of Cuba Gooding Jr., Jerry Maguire crying memes and stuff. Like, bruh, I was okay with the emotion. I I was a little bit like, okay, 
it's kind of the old, old Herm Edwards thing. You, you can't have both. Okay, if you're going to thank God, you can't be dropping F-bombs in the whole thing. You got to pick one, man. You got to pick one. I'm quite sure your pastor wasn't proud of that moment. He understood, may not have been too proud of that moment. <laughs> well, he had to apologize. He came out, he said yeah. he had to apologize to some people. His mom yeah. being one. but i I, you know i try to put myself in uh his shoes in 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 this situation and listen they they prepared all week as as if there was a a there was a option not an option but a chance that the jim harbaugh was not going to be on the sideline Um, but even though even still you're still on the road and hostile environment the biggest game uh of michigan's season uh, a lot, a lot on the line as far as you know what people believe this team can do because they say, "Hey, the schedule's what it is." But now they're playing their first big time opponent, and they're on the road. And what are they going to be able to do? So, you know, it's a new experience for him. I mean, this is much different than the first game he he uh, was the uh, coach for. Now, you know, he looks like he could be in this position for at least a couple of more weeks, depending upon what happens tomorrow. And uh, each one of these games, the, the, it continues to mount. And I think the other thing is this. Listen, uh, Jim Harbaugh is able to coach during the week, be in right. do all the things that he needs to do. It's, I don't see it as a punishment. I mean, it's a punishment because you can't be there, mm-hmm. but you're doing everything. You're setting everybody up, and, you know, you just – I guess it's frustrating as a coach because you always remain on the sideline, but, yeah. Jim, you get to go and put your feet up sit in the hotel pool and watch the game on the big screen. It's not a real punishment. We're like, you can't be in the building. You can't talk to anybody that hits hard. This is more of an inconvenience than a punishment. How I see it. I I think we were, we were looking in the studio. We were like, okay, is he going to be on the bus? Okay. How do you define venue? Can't be in the venue. So is the venue, where does the venue start? Does it start at the parking lot or does it start at the gate to the stadium? So I could envision, I could say, I wouldn't, I could see Jim Harbaugh stop stepping off the bus and congratulating each one of his teams, telling them good job, way to go, have a good game and hop back on the bus and leave. I mean, we see, I I thought the same, like maybe, maybe he catches an Uber and as the game is ending, he then runs into the locker room and cheers and celebrates because technically the game is now over. Funny story that something very similar to that happened. Uh, Will Golston, he now plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He got suspended. You may remember it was the it was the Michigan State Wisconsin game, the 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 Rocket game, the game that you know the ball bounced around, the refs had to take a look to see if it was yeah. a touchdown or not. He was suspended for that game. He was like, man, he was watching it in his student apartment and realized five minutes into the game, it was close and said, he, he's this six foot seven brother is running down the street as fast as he can because he wanted to be there. And as soon as the game ended, he comes up to the stadium all out of breath, but he ran into the locker room. So I kind of assume that Harbaugh is going to do the same, especially next week with the Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a feeling. Yeah. I got a feeling his parking space is going to be open. It's going to be a nice little police uh, barricade making sure he's got a clear path to the stadium just in case. Yeah, well, you know, I I think it's still – but I think still they will probably got away with something. Uh, But I think it's very clear when they say can't be in the venue. 
So that's why we say, well, where does the venue start? But when the game is over, he can't be there for the game. Mm-hmm. Now, when the game is over, game's over. You can be in the locker room. But, but it doesn't it doesn't say you can't be there for the game. It says you can't be at the venue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So look, that's look, the only, you know, who knows, man? I, I just think. Esquire like, Griffiths. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's fun to, to just speculate and see. You know, if he's not able to if he's not able to be on the sidelines with his team, just how far he can go to to be as close as they to the team as he wants to be. Now, J.J., because of the lack of passing, may have taken his name out of Heisman consideration for now. But you know who put their name in Heisman consideration was Marvin Harrison, Jr. Yeah. Three touchdowns, 149 receiving yards, even took a jet sweep, 19 yards for a touchdown. It, and then I, I love their campaign. Uh, what was the, the um, oh, now nah, I just drew a blank on the camp. The Ohio State campaign is um, Here Comes the Sun, which, you know, a play on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Can a wide receiver not returning kicks and punts win the Heisman? I know Devontae Smith did it in 2020, but 2020 was a special year. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Marvin, is it just enough for him to get invited to New York? Or you think he actually has a shot at this? You know, it, right now, I mean, he still has. I mean, he has this weekend. And then, obviously, the, the Michigan game, you know, I, I would be absolutely surprised if he doesn't have double-digit catches or at least, you know, double-digit uh, um, targets. I mean, they're going to try to get him to football as many different ways as they can to help them win. What's good for him? in this situation is because he's the best player on the field, they need to get him the ball no matter what. So you right. don't have to force it in for him to put up numbers. I think it's still going to be hard. I think when you look at the quarterbacks and the numbers that are being put up, um, whether you know, you're looking at the guy, I'm going to tell you who I'm really impressed with is the kid from LSU. Had they been able to win uh, against Alabama two weeks ago, it's oh, no okay. doubt in my mind Daniels would be you know the top contender um, for the Heisman Trophy. Penix puts yeah. up some sick numbers, but this dude at LSU is unbelievable. Um, well, you're, no, you're right. Now, the funny thing about him is, and I guess because it's LSU and they won, Howard could have swore that kid had a concussion and he went back into the game. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, they tell, yeah, he's like, well, how, how's he back out here? <laughs> He's he's out there right now screaming he's Batman, but yeah, he, he you're right. Jalen Milrow is another one that if he was doing at the beginning of the season what he's doing now, let's put it like this: Nick Saban has something special for next year. Yeah. Uh, that that kid is like he. I mean, it almost goes back to the days of Cam Newton where. He could throw, he could run. Like it's a business decision. Like I, I'm, I'm not coach. I'm not trying to tackle this man. He's just gonna no, no, no. Yes, I slipped and fell. I wasn't gonna tackle this guy. But no, you're right, Jaden Daniels. Yeah, if, if I think if they had a better record, and unfortunately, yeah. you know, the your team's record is connected to whether you can win the Heisman or not. Because sometimes I think the better Heisman candidate is the person on the bad team. Who, yeah, you're all they got. And if you don't play, they don't win. Plain and simple. But yeah. I look at Marvin and I'm just like, man, can this kid actually do it? I mean, you're right. I mean, for Michigan, he would probably 
And he'd probably have to have an outer space game with like four or five touchdowns for him to really catapult himself. Yeah, but that's that's what that game can do for you. I mean, that's 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 just the reality of it. And you know, whether JJ, JJ can get back in it, you know, honestly, I don't think JJ really cares. That just the way he's wired. No, nah. he just wants to win. So, but but it, it's going to be interesting to see, man, because um, like I say, he's going to have opportunities. You know, you you wanted you wonder if you could see him back on punts, <laughs> return some punts and, and make some plays in that area too. But I don't think that uh, they want to risk that either. See, I got a feeling, man. They may pull all the stop. Ryan Day has got a ton of pressure. I, I mean, and it's I guess this is called blue blood pressure. Mm-hmm. I went to Michigan State. You went to Illinois, so we don't know what blue blood pressure right. is. But maybe in hoops, we do. But blue blood pressure in football means, yes, you are 22-0 and 0 against the other Big Ten school. You're 0-2 against Michigan, so you're on the hot seat. That's ridiculous to anybody yeah. else. Yeah. Like, you're on the hot seat for losing to – yes, but you lost to Michigan. I can see Ryan Day putting him back there on some punts and saying, Marvin, or kickoffs, Let's here's your chance, man. Go do something special. Yeah. I, abs- uh, I can I absolutely see – Ryan Day trying to pull out all stops because he's got to win this game. Yeah, oh, no <laughs> doubt. He's got to win this game. And, and, and I would say this, too. I, I would say when you look around, um, I, I would take uh, Coach Braun and Northwestern out of this conversation. But I think when you look at the job that Ryan Day has had to do this year with this team, and you think about all the question marks, whether it's quarterback, whether it's whether defense was going to to be able to to make the adjustments, uh, can they start to run the ball? The offensive line was not anywhere near playing at the level. I mean, this is a team kind of similar when you think about it to Alabama that's just continued to get better and better each week. You look at Alabama, you know, they they're playing, you know, who, whoever can be quarterback this week, you know. I think for the second straight year, Alabama may be the best team left out of the playoffs. Because last year, had Alabama played anybody, I think if Alabama made the playoffs last year, they were red hot. Yeah. But they were five. They didn't make it. Mm -hmm. This year, because you have Georgia, and if you lose to Georgia, you're not going to put Bama in. Right. But that's the one team, I don't know if I want to play them because you're right. It's all starting to just click together. So, yeah, Bama's playing really well now. Uh, I think people were, would be afraid or be really not afraid, but be concerned if they had to play Oregon now. Uh, you know, there's some one loss teams out there that, that can give you, give you everything they need. Right. It'll be interesting to see Washington. You know, Washington has been, been taken to the, to, to the brink. A couple of times, and they've been able to pull it off. Um, so it's you know you got some some teams out there that that have been <laughs> been skating through. So it's you know what, maybe, a couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe uh, I would tell the DB in Washington the football is not that heavy. Some how about we carry it all the way into the end zone instead of dropping it at the three? Yeah, yeah. it's like what are you thinking about? Uh, you're trying to celebrate that much. Uh, <laughs> You brought up Northwestern's coach, uh, David Braun. Yeah. Did Northwestern do the right thing hiring him as the permanent coach? Yeah, I, honestly, I think it, it is, right? At this particular moment, uh, moment where they are, uh, 
I go back to the summer when I when I talk about Northwestern because the practice that I saw, I think we saw them, they may have been first, the first team we saw, or the second team. It was bad. It, it was probably easily yeah. one of the worst practices I've seen. Um, and there was there was just no energy, no juice. And you know, obviously, you know, they're they've made some decisions with their head coach. The allegations were just starting to to come out and, and it was not only were players, you know, scratching their head, but the coaches were scratching their head, like, what are we going to do? Uh, and, and you think about where that team has you know, ultimately come from. And, and Coach Braun has done an unbelievable job trying to keep these guys focused. Again, he thought he was just coming to fix the defense. He ends up having to fix the football program. Uh, and he's done a really good job. This team has been competitive. Uh, they play hard. No matter what's going on, they're playing hard when you turn the tape on for them. So I think with just all the things that are continuing to to surround the program that haven't been addressed and that probably will need to be addressed at some point down the line, I, I think he is probably the right person uh, to get you going, uh, to keep you going. And and listen, you're not having to pay five, yeah. six million dollars. I think you you bring another coach in there, or, or you go out and you start saying, okay, well, who who can we target? And what it's going to cost us, it, it probably it, it's probably the fiscal thing to do along with what you're doing with the program now because it, your team believes in them. So, yeah, he he stepped into a it was a, it's already going to be a tough tough job this year for this roster the way it was constructed, but for him to hold it together the way he's been able to do it uh, and come up with wins the way they've been able to do it, he certainly deserved every opportunity to you know to to win the job and. Looks like that's exactly what's happened. He's going to be the guy. Big Ten Coach of the Year. If, if Ryan Day wins, I, I would say it's Ryan Day. Um, See, I would actually give it to him for everything that you just said, Howard. Yeah. This thing was on fire. Yeah. It wasn't smoldering. It was a full inferno. Mm-hmm. It was bad. If I told you that Northwestern would go to a bowl game at the beginning of the year, most people would laugh at you. Mm-hmm. The fact that they could, they're one game away from being bowl eligible and they're playing two opponents, they could win one of those games. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you had, you, you literally had to start from scratch. You had a divided locker room, divided program, divided everything. See, this is the bad thing about coaching a great team. Ryan Day, you have talent. You got five stars. You got all Americans. So much is expected. Yeah. You took nothing at Northwestern. So, yeah, to me, the only caveat is you got to make a bowl game. You make a bowl game, you've exceeded where everybody, you got probably five more wins than everybody thought that you would have. For Ryan Day, if you beat Michigan, you got one more win than everybody thought you should have. So that's how I see the difference is – you know, I, I think both you you can make an argument for both, and and we we know that historically, uh, if you're coaching what is perceived to be one of the best teams, you know, in college football or should be one of the best teams in college football, that's not going to be an award that you're gonna you're gonna get. Uh, right. I think we we always okay, well, yeah, that's what they're supposed to do, but I, I see I would not have a problem at all. If um, Coach Brown won it, and I, I think I have a vote, and I could kind of tell you, it, it would go to to one of the unlikely stories of all the college football, and is probably where I'd put my vote at. 
See, because you're a smart man. That's why I have you on here every week. Uh, last thing, I think I thought that that was a brilliant move on Northwestern's part for, for Penn State. The opposite. Yeah. Well, Jane Franklin fires his OC. Was, was that the right move or did he just get scapegoated? No, I, I think if, if you go back a couple of weeks, and I think we even talked about it, um, the lack of explosive plays down the field, forgot which maybe it was probably a month ago. Um, and Coach Franklin was asked about it in, in his press conference. I think it was a Monday press conference, and he you know, answered it one way. Uh, and I guess a couple days later, uh, the offensive coordinator was asked a similar question, uh, and he answered it totally different. And it was clear that these two were not on the same page when it came to you know, how things needed to, 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 to run offensively. And I think it just came to a it came to a head. And if you knew you were going to make a move, and, and this is kind of out of his, this is kind of just kind of tells you where it is too, because this is out of character uh, for Coach Franklin too. Now he'll he'll he normally will make adjustments, but he does it at the end of the year. So things had to have gotten pretty tough between the two um, for him to make that move when he did. And now he's done it and. It'll be interesting to see just how this offense uh, shapes up and what it looks like now uh, with some new play callers. Howard, uh, you know, we haven't even talked about it. Uh, Hopefully we can find some time to do a show next week to kind of preview the big game, Michigan-Ohio State, but the holiday coming up. But in case we don't, by the time we meet again, will Michigan State have a head coach? Wow. I know, man. I like. I got to keep you on your toes, yeah. man. Jerry DiNardo used to, but you know he's slipping. Don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, listen, I know this uh, signing date is approaching fast, um, but I don't know unless they've been able to have some conversations uh, with some people that aren't, or the top candidates, or, or, or people that are not in involved in games. Um, well, I'll tell you this. Yeah. As, as an alum and covering Michigan State for going on some 25 years, mm-hmm. this is the most tight-lipped. Mm-hmm. I'm almost impressed, the fact that no one knows. Yeah. I'm not mad at them because normally somebody is just dop, 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 dop and can give you all the information, all the different candidates. I mean, it's like everybody's turning over rocks and, hey, what do you know? I don't know what you know. I ain't heard nothing. It's just like nothing. You, I mean – Allen just gives you that little coy little smile like, yeah, I'm just doing my job, man. And and I think that the thing is, I mean, he's a football guy, right? He he understands how leaks happen. You have a committee, you want to sit around and talk about it with somebody that you're talking about it with has a connection that they're going to start leaking information. If you don't want the information out there, then, you know, you, you kind of have to go go about handling it uh, your way and not have as many people in the loop uh, as you need, just uh, on a need, literally a need to know basis. But listen, I I know he's going to try to find the right guy. I shouldn't say try to find the right guy. He'll find the right guy that's going to be available that that ultimately can lead the program. They're they're always, you know, when you hire a coach, right, everybody's excited about it. And he's like, well, what about these other people? Maybe they weren't gets. Maybe that wasn't a get for you. So, you know, it, it's uh, the carousel has started to 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 move. So it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks to find out 
um, just exactly where, if in a couple of weeks we know exactly where Michigan State will be going. But for some reason, I just I don't see anything coming until probably. No, I, you know, I thought that I thought maybe after the Big Ten championship game, I, th- I think that maybe he buys himself another week. But yeah, right at that point, now you're getting into that danger category where you lost some recruits already. You, you got to try to salvage the last of the good players that you still have and maybe bring in some other ones. I'm just assuming that this next coach is probably going to hit the portal hard. Yeah, to place a lot of people. Well, I, I think that could be if you if you think about it, that could be part of the strategy of why I don't need to move as quickly as one might think. Mm, I know fair. we want to try to hold this class together, but it's more important that he gets the right person uh, to lead the program, and then that person, if need be, the portal is going to be out there. They're going to be whoever this coach is. Uh, let's assume he's he's coaching right now. Well, he has connections places. There are going to be people that may want to follow him or guys that he has an opportunity and a connection with. Because, again, I, I think this is a – I think it's a great job. This Michigan State job is a great job. You look at, you know, what they're doing facility-wise. I mean, obviously, it's an uphill battle as far as what you have to compete against, um, particularly moving forward next year when we go to 18 teams. But this is this isn't one of those jobs where, you know, people are, are scratching their head like, I don't I don't know if I want to do that. Right. You have a couple of you know, guys that are obviously would, would take the Texas A&M job. That job would move them more than the Michigan State job does. But those are those are only a few people. Right. Those are a few coaches that, that are, are in that that rarefied air. But I think, you know, you look around, I think coaches, this is a job that, that particularly now going into in, into the Big Ten and, and where they are with its 18 teams, it's you'd be one of those 18 teams and, and you've already proven you if you can recruit, you can get things done. Coach D'Antonio proved it and showed us that it can happen. Um, so and he was not known to be this over the top recruiter. Well, I was about to say, even though he left in disgrace, Mel Tucker mm-hmm. show. I can flip this in a year yeah. and went from, you know, two wins to 11 wins in yeah. just one season, hitting the portal hard. And, yeah, it can be done. You can flip the roster. You still have to do some coaching. And, right. uh, you know, they're figuring that out out there in Colorado right now. But, you know, it, it, it can be done. Uh, Howard, uh, like I said, hopefully we may be able to find some time. You know, that's a busy man, folks. If, if I, I'm going to try and see if I can get him to do something next week. We could preview the game, Michigan, Absolutely. Ohio State. Uh, but, Howard, if I don't, have a great weekend. Have a great holiday to everybody out there. If, we, if we're if we not back, have a great Thanksgiving, but we're going to be back. Yeah, if I got to hog tie him down, <laughs> we'll at least give you a good 10, 15-minute segment. How about that? There you go. All right. Howard, have a great weekend. Thanks for everybody for watching, listening. Keep liking, keep subscribing, keep telling your friends about the Five Star Zone. For Howard Griffith of the Big Ten Network, I'm Rico Beard. Thanks for watching, everybody.